0: the people in life are countless, so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Side sidequests and Sidequests and sidequests. Side side Episode 58, Quando, the Orc Tinkerer. Welcome to Sidekicks and side quests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Crenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Andrew Strother's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone. It is a long-awaited day. This is a fresh, brand-new recording. Sometime in the oh, the old days of July 2020 is when I last spoke to this guest. But before I get to my wonderful guest, trying this out like the professionals do in the biz, this show has a sponsor. Yeah, we got some sponsors. So first up, we want to give a shout-out. Major thank you uh, to Tony Vicinda and Plus One Experience, Plus One EXP. You've probably seen them on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. Being super big cheerleaders and supporters of everything tabletop RPG. Tony and Plus One EXP have a series of beard balms that are flavored after all of the D&D stats. So whether you like strength, dexterity, charisma, you know, you can uh, get a bottle, add it to your beard, and uh, feel refreshed and awesome. Uh, Along with that, uh, you know, there's a beard RPG and uh, Repugnant, and I believe he just released an eye Toaster, so kind of like a Brave Little Toaster RPG that just came out. And along with all those... He's got the plus one Ford program, which if you go and, uh, you know, buy and purchase things and support him on Patreon, then all that money gets funneled into supporting other indie tabletop content creators. So again, go to plusonexp.com. And if you go to the store and decide to buy uh, one of his RPGs or a beard balm or anything like that, use the affiliate code I have, Randolph, and you can save some money on your purchase. So there you go. That is my first ad read. Uh, How did I do, Mr. Mystery Guest uh, marketing person extraordinaire?
1: See, I was about to say you did excellent uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, it was good. They're, they're a great group um, and they do cool stuff. But two, because I have recently decided to, this is my attempt. Uh, you on the podcast can't see this because this mm-hmm. is an audio medium, but this yes. is my attempt to begin growing a beard. And I was just thinking the other day, it's getting scratchy. I need a good like beard balm. And uh, now I know where I'm going to get it and I know what uh, affiliate code I'm going to use. So yes, you, you, you've landed on your, before you're even live, you have hooked a customer. So awesome. that's pretty good.
0: Awesome. Well, well, I think it's uh, it goes without saying, you listeners probably know this guy. He's everywhere on the internet doing all the things in D&D and tabletop RPG. So I turn the mic over. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Well, hello, audience. Uh, my name is Andrew Strother. I I have too many hats. It would sound pretentious. I almost said I have too many titles, which sounds very pretentious. <laughs> it just means I do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm the head of marketing at Dwarven Forge. We make awesome tabletop terrain for your gaming adventures. Very cool hand sculpted, hand painted stuff. Uh, so if you're into really getting immersive in your tabletop games, check us out. I am also the host of Roll for Persuasion, where your kind host in this show today was once once upon a guest, um, which was how we got to meet each other and chat. And So I'm excited to finally be back and uh having my turn here i'm also the co-creator and a co-star on second star to the right a neverland adventure which is a D actual play set in the magical fantasy world of neverland a la peter pan um i happen to think it's a lot of fun you can go to secondstar.show and check that out but those are three of the many things i do there's more
0: yeah aside from being a wonderful husband and a loving father of course
1: well, thank you. That's kind of you to say. <laughs> and to my wife, to just to specify, I'm a wonderful <laughs> husband. Uh, to my wife and a wonderful father to my daughters. There we go. Big fan of those roles.
0: Awesome. And I was thinking back on the interview that we did back last summer you know both of us were in completely different positions uh i was like a newly discovering oh i'm gonna be a dad and then i remember during our recording of the episode you know we joked about the pandemic and like oh yeah uh you can get once kurt gets through his backlog you'll be listening to my episode in january of 2025 well i made good on that promise and you didn't have to wait until 2025 it is true And then I think just the other thing about actual plays, because I know you were talking about like, oh, yeah, like you, me and James and Tricasso uh, do these non actual play D&Ds. But now it's kind of like, oh, you, you jump in. Everybody does them.
1: Everybody. I've I've heard like so many other interview shows. And I'm like, well, what happened? Like in the last year went from being the four of us to being a whole bunch. And now I, I am one of the actual play people. I've gone over to the dark side. (laughs)
0: or do you consider yourself like a gray jedi and you just kind of straddle both fields or something that is
1: i i have before they even made up the term gray jedi that is what i considered myself so i think that fits uh very well i just like to i don't want to limit myself uh there's cool stuff to do out there and i don't want to miss some of it because i'm like no i'm just an interviewer so (laughs) it works for me
0: awesome well i think we've kind of buried the lead on this first question but Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? I
1: do. I play so much D&D, which is awesome because uh, I was about to say five years ago, but yeah, about uh, about five, six years ago, I was playing no D&D. And now I play a lot of D&D, which I think is an absolute win.
0: And you work for one of the premier D&D adjacent companies as well how did that happen i don't know (laughs) yeah you you just well i mean i i do have to commend and give you kudos because uh i mean i was starstruck being on the the one-year anniversary uh super special version of Roll for persuasion and just seeing everyone keep an eye
1: out because your two-year anniversary party invite is coming in the next couple months
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. You can't see it, listener, but I'm doing a little happy dance in my chair. So that's awesome. It's a good dance. A number of those guests of your show are certainly on my, my short list to try and get on the show. Once I try and hopefully get some of uh, the people back in rotation that we haven't heard from in quite some time. Yeah, so just, you know, your persistence, your dedication, your personality... You know, your charm and your wit uh kind of carried you through to this wonderful opportunity. And it's just like, man, this good old Texas boy just kind of, uh, you know, rubbed some elbows and look at where he is now. He gets to go to the behind-the-scenes sets of uh, Critical Role Land and recently gets to make his way to the Corridor Digital Studios. There's just so many projects that you've got going on.
1: It's true. Uh, d- digitally, I would love to actually go to la and hang out with the corridor people unfortunately because of the pandemic we've only been able to interact digitally but we do have a very cool collaboration with dwarf and forge coming up yeah man it's crazy like and and i tell people it can sound pretentious (laughs) but i tell people like like yeah like i started my show because i did not know any other way to get into this industry and i was like but i know i'm friendly and i like talking with people and i like telling stories so maybe if i ask people to come on my show and let me tell their story Mm -hmm. That will create relationships and opportunities to someday like be in this industry. And lo and behold, uh, it has. And so I think that it worked for me. But I think that that can be encouragement to anyone who whatever industry you want to get into that, like, if you find your strengths, even if you're not a fit for where you want to go yet, how can you use your strengths to get there? And uh, I don't know, it's worked out really well for me. So I'm very, very happy, very blessed. Indeed,
0: indeed. Just so we don't uh, dawdle too long on this podcast, because we've got we've got an NPC to make. I need to we ask do, you. Yes. What's one of your favorite sidekicks or NPCs from an RPG, a video game, book, film, television, etc., and why are they your favorite?
1: Okay, so this is actually a thing that I have struggled with because my ADHD uh, means that I often play games, and then I'm like, I don't remember the name of the character. Um, but I think that one of the most impactful NPCs, uh, and this is going to be such a deep cut and like so incredibly silly, mm-hmm. way back in the uh, it would have been late '90s. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm gonna look it up right now. Late '90s, 19. 19- ninety seven uh a little game called out, came out on windows called uh Lego Island
0: i think i remember this game you were like a pizza delivery guy
1: exactly exactly mm. it was it was an open world more or less it had racing you could skateboard the controls were terrible um it was <laughs> it was an early i mean pc gaming you know at that point was was still laboring mm. in the post doom era. But mm. there was a character that had fully voiced like voice acting that was actually really good, which was somewhat unusual for games at the time. Mm. And it had the main villain was called the Brickster who had the most <laughs> terrible, like like Jersey accent. Like it was clearly <laughs> really bad. Um, But your whole goal in this game was to, he broke out of prison and you had to go catch him at the end of the boss fight, you were throwing spicy pizzas at him. So he'd freak out and his <laughs> mouth would catch on fire. It was all silly, but I don't know, for some reason that stuck with me. And I think because the humor that a quote unquote villain could have mm. in a game it was clearly a kid's game. I was eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the villain was still fun and playful. And while you were trying to catch him, you weren't actively rooting against him. He wasn't bad morally. He just happened to be on the other side of, of the quest, essentially. And so the Brickster from Lego Island has been an NPC that has stuck with me for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you said that. I felt a tinge of old memories come into my brain. This was a game I probably would have played before something like Command & Conquer Red Alert and having to get ye old dial internet Uh, up and running and trying to get my friend on his phone line back in the day when you used to have phone lines and then your parents would yell at you get off the internet i'm waiting on an important work phone call You'd be like, get All right, off the
1: phone, mom. I'm trying to download a one megabyte file.
0: <laughs> oh man, we, yeah, you know, we've, we definitely dated ourselves, but that's that's awesome. That's cool. We're, that's, we're getting old, man. I know, how long until the Brickster shows up in some D&D game somewhere?
1: Actually, may, maybe today, who knows? Who knows what NPC we will make?
0: Exactly. All right, and then along with a sidekick, we also like to ask, what's been one of your favorite side quests from D&D, RPG, film, television literature history etc why is it your favorite side quest
1: Mm, that is such a broad So you sent me this question I've been thinking about, and every time I thought of an answer, I was like, no, that's not good enough. Think of another one. <laughs> um, I guess it's a side quest. So in my own home game, and there's <laughs> nothing quite like listening to other people talk about their D&D game. It's like, a, it's like listening to someone talk about their fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to listen to this. Uh, and we were at one point playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist, which is fantastic uh, if, if you're into um, the official adventures. I, I highly recommend it. It's a super great, super great game. Um, in that, we had to, in, in the game, the consistency, seed is that your enemy is you're like your enemy uh, that you were working against is kind of randomly picked depending on what season you're in and so our particular enemy we had been picked and we had to figure out how to infiltrate their home and um so we had a quest to kind of go and like figure out how we were going to get access and i like we were trying to sneak in and my character was a wizard and um at some point i think we got caught or the master of the house like walked in and so i i believe i no no, no the, the wife of the of the couple and i so like disguised self as the as the bad guy and had this really great RP interaction where we learned some really tragic stuff about the family and their background, and you know narrowly got away before the spell ran out, and this all, all, that, and the other. But what was cool about that is that side quests don't always have to be about the gear you get. Sometimes they can be really great story moments. And so that has always stuck out with me as like a like oh man, what what a high stakes story moment. I wasn't like trying to get the magic sword, but uh, I got this thing that actually then very much shaped the way we played the rest of the game because we learned more um, about the villain, if you will, to kind of humanize them a bit more and kind of change the dynamic. So that was a pretty great side quest.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know at the time of this recording, we just released Mark Wilson's episode. So I know he was mentioning Jarlaxle. And I believe Jarlaxle's is one of the for one choices. of the villains correct so yeah. i was gonna say i haven't read it and i haven't played it myself but was this jarlaxle or was this someone else
1: it was not it was it was someone else as an old school forgotten realms fan there was part of me that wanted it to be jarlaxle mm-hmm. um because uh, old school forgotten realms character from the books and uh spoiler alert he has a submarine and so i wanted <laughs> to check that out uh, but no it was not it was a it was a family called the castle mm-hmm. uh that were like like kind of more of a morally ambiguous quasi royal banking family trying to deal with some of their own internal family issues it sounds like the, medicis the or time. something like that a, li- a little bit but like maybe the medicis before they rose to power like a family trying to claw their way back to the top so it had a mm. cool social dynamic for sure
0: cool that sounds very interesting
1: yeah it was fun i recommend it
0: and then to round out the personal interview section what are you passionate about and why
1: okay so this is a cop-out but I'll answer it anyway. I am passionate about storytelling, but I think spe- storytelling and connecting people. And I've only, uh, especially since I've been in the D&D world, really been able to like dive into and enjoy like the connecting people. But but I think that w- what I, what many people enjoy about D&D or tabletop gaming is it's a chance to tell stories with friends that you feel safe and, and joyful with um, most of the time, hopefully, if that's what you're into. <laughs> But what I have found as I've been in the community and made relationships is that I really enjoy connecting other storytellers who can go do something cool together. I love being part part of things. I like, you know, having a chance to do cool projects, but sometimes when I hear, oh, so-and-so needs someone to compose great music i'm like oh i know a great composer let me introduce y'all or someone needs a, a character to be in a in an ad that they're doing and i'm like i know somebody who's great that you might not know about who deserves a chance let me introduce you um that's actually been a really cool part of what i've been able to do in the last two years in this community for so many people, the the gate in the way of where they want to go is simply access. And if for whatever reason I have I happen to have access to somebody who can help enable them on the next step on their journey, I love being able to open that gate for them. Um, so that's that's something I'm pretty passionate about. Is, is like using whatever charisma, whatever I have to like give opportunities to others. It's it's a really cool feeling.
0: So a little bit of a matchmaker, a little bit of a facilitator, helping other people form their connections.
1: You you need a guy, know a guy. You got a problem, I can take care of it. I can hook you up with Tony. Tony will take care of it. You know, it's, a, it's that kind of thing. A little yeah. bit of that. It's like like there is that bit of like, oh, well, I can help solve your problem. There, I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of pride in that like, oh, I, I know someone that, that you could use. So
0: I was going to say, now that you're the head of marketing for a major uh, D&D terrain company, do you kind of feel like a mafia don or something like that?
1: I mean, maybe maybe not to that degree, but there That's is that like, but there is that like, oh, I have to go do a call. Or like, I'm not going to name drop because that'll be really douchey, but like, <laughs> like, oh, I have to go do a call with so-and-so. And oh, I was talking to blah, blah, blah the other day. Like it's a it's a weird feeling because a year ago I, w- I wasn't here. Sure. I knew people from my own show, but even now in the past year, I've met so many more people in this community, which by the way, is a fantastic community. Like the people um, who are doing great stuff in the tabletop world are just truly fantastic people. So it's less of a mafia Don and more of a like, uh, I don't know. Was something more benign, like like oh, I get to, I get to organize the fun potluck is okay. more of what it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a community leader or a um. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm blanking on something positive and uh, beneficial. Yeah maybe i'll think of it and i'll add it in. <laughs> that's the a great
1: line i wish that was on a shirt i'm blanking on anything positive and beneficial oh boy. that's pretty good yeah i don't i don't know what it would be but uh, it is a it is a very fun and um you know a, a, a very special place to get to work in so i'm very i'm very grateful for the opportunity to get to uh get to do that
0: perfect well i think it's time that we carried that gratitude forward in a segment that i like to call npc creation
1: creation
0: creation 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 NPC creation oh
1: my I need a voice changer so bad like my show would just go to ruins so quickly if I could just drop ridiculous voice voice stuff in
0: maybe I'll leave that in or maybe I'll change it for the rest of my episodes going forward who knows but yes, this is the part of the show where we make an NPC and before all of the uh, redundant systems started recording we decided that we were going to Uh, You had a skeleton of an idea of a character, but you did want to roll randomly for some of those choices. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I have an idea um, and I'll throw it out to you and you can kind of tell me what you think.
0: I'm all for doing what you want to do. So if you want to go off of your skeleton idea, we can. Or I mean, you've listened to this show long enough to know that we get some wacky and moments of epiphany in the uh, the NPC creation part where seemingly random elements come together and you're just like, oh my gosh, the most perfect NPC
1: and that I think and and this is why I think makes your show so much fun is like I think that speaks to just the joy of making NPCs that people don't necessarily realize I think lots of times DMs think of NPCs as maybe a necessary evil or like well I'm going to come up with one really good one Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it's a a barkeep name Craig move on right Mm -hmm. but like but making NPCs one is not hard two can be a lot of fun especially if you do it with a friend and you take the time like we're doing today Mm -hmm. Um, but they add so much life to your game and so like it's totally worth following the silliness sometimes because you usually end up with something pretty great
0: okay so what was the decision are you wanting to go skeleton or you want to go random or a combo of both
1: what if we what if we did a combo of both what if i gave you like my concept idea and then we um and then we kind of flesh out everything else around it what do you think about that
0: sure that's what you want to do let's go for it
1: okay so I, uh, enjoy the movie, uh, history of violence. I don't know if you've ever seen this, uh, an old early two thousands, mid two thousands movie with Viggo Mortensen, mm. um, for you Lord of the Rings fans out there he and, broke and the conceit. <laughs> yes. He broke, he broke his toe and he kicked the helmet. Did you know that? That's yeah, like, uh, yeah. We love to say it. You can't watch the movie without leaning over and be like, you know, Viggo actually broke his toe right there. That's why the scream was so real. Um, <laughs> thank you thank you for that uh in in, uh history of violence is based on like a 90s graphic novel i think but vigo plays the owner of like a diner like a small town diner and uh has to you know protect himself and people around him from some robbers that come into the diner and then turns out it's a very kind of almost like john wicky kind of thing like it turns out that um you know he had a previous life where uh he was a professional hitman blah 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 now he has to you know the mobsters are trying to get him to come back out and um Mm. you know make him make him relive the old part of himself that he left behind. I think that the the mundane person with the dark or more powerful past is very interesting. Um, I think that because whether your character is explored or not, that barkeep has a life. The guy who owns the armor shop, what was he doing before that? Mm-hmm. And so I like that idea of a character, an NPC that has a bit of like a a pastor is secretly very powerful, and you might not know it, and that mm-hmm. could be uncovered through interaction. So that that's the skeleton idea. Some sort of a uh, you know maybe they they used to be a secret assassin, or they were they forged armor for the for the warlord whoever and they actually make great weapons or something like that that kind of secret past i think that is a fun element to uncover
0: okay yeah sure as we uh work our way through this uh the first item that we will roll for randomly is the name of the character so if you have all of your dice handy virtual or otherwise go ahead and pick up a d20 and let's roll that
1: i have a dice bag right here as and i love dumping out dice on microphone do
0: you have a sponsor name drop that you'd like to oh these are the so and so dice you can uh, use this code i do and- i
1: don't know if that, i didn't know if that was okay but these dice are from black oak workshop uh, who is a sponsor of second star show and just fantastic people a uh, small family owned business and what i like about black oak dice is they make uh, oversized d20s and d6s actually so i play a rogue and the d6s are are significantly larger than your average d6 as are the d20s so when you're rolling that sneak attack damage it's a d roll and i very much appreciate it but i have some of their dragon dice here today so all right so roll a d20 you said yes sir let's do a little little shake and a little a five
0: five okay so the name we got is quando q u a n d o quando
1: isn't that uh isn't that spanish for something
0: i believe it is
1: quando quando it's just like when right like the the uh the michael buble song quando quando. uh yeah Yeah, okay I, i dig it quando all right
0: Yeah, makes people like, oh, mysterious. Like maybe, you know, maybe it's a cover name or something. Who knows?
1: Right. Does it allude to something? Okay. All right. So we got Kwando. I dig it.
0: Okay. And definitely, listener, since the last time that we made a random character, the ancestry table has been sorted, resorted so many times and new things added. So if you've got 2d10s, let's go ahead and roll 2d10 for a d100 effect to figure out what is the ancestry, the race, the species. Of
1: okay, so let's see, I actually have a percentile and a d10, where'd my d10 go? Listening to me, look for dice, is fun. <laughs> Get down the mic there. Yeah. There we go. Ooh, okay, that is an eight.
0: Eight? Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, so here, here are your choices, because okay. obviously as more stuff has been added to the list, I've had to, like, combine stuff. So the category we have is Orc. So you could have a regular Orc, maybe an Orog, ogrillion. Or you could just have a half. So something in the category of Orc. What do you think? Okay,
1: what was the what was that? So Orc, a half Orc, and what was the other thing you said?
0: Um, So I think it's, you know, there's a Orog and the orgrillian. So like one of them's like the Orc-Ogre combo or the...
1: um. Mm, okay. You
0: know, so I included those two because, you know, they, they have the ability to communicate and interact with uh, player characters. So just anything in the category of Orc. If you want to keep it simple, regular Orc or a half Orc or... You know, whatever you're thinking.
1: Yeah, let's, let's just go your, your classic vanilla orc. Okay. Quando the orc.
0: Quando the orc. Okay. So let's see. We could roll randomly for the job to figure out maybe what his mundane job is now. And then, of course, in his past, he had his, his previous life as the, the master assassin or whatever it was. Um, if you want to roll for a job, uh, that's just a regular D10 roll. Unless you're settled on your... No,
1: I like the idea of rolling for the job because I think that might inform what his prior life was because I like the idea that there might be some connectivity between the two. Okay. So let, let's uh, let's snag a d10 and see what happens. Okay. A three.
0: Three, okay. So this response was provided by previous guest, Brian Rose, and the job is tinkerer.
1: Tinkerer? Yeah, so okay.
0: Kwando the orc is a tinkerer. He makes things.
1: So, quando can can I can I throw some lore at you then? Sure, go for it. Are you a James Bond fan by any chance?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I've watched a number of the James Bond movies, but I wouldn't say that I'm like at Christmas time whenever the Bond movies come on TV, I I stop what I'm doing and I have to sit down and watch right, the entire right. marathon.
1: Right, Well, well, then uh, then you're potentially then familiar with the character of Q, who is the the one who yes, creates. Yeah,
0: 007. We've got your latest gadgets for you.
1: Exactly. So I think Kwando used to create weapons, poisons, you know, used to create the, the things that maybe the Assassin's Guild or um, the Conquering Warlord or whatever, whatever they used. And so I think, I think that's the background. Like, <laughs> Now he tinkers in a small town or something and, you know, creates helpful things for the villagers. But he could also very easily make like a super crazy crossbow, you know, machine gun kind of thing. Right. So I, I think that's probably the, the former life and why he is now tinkering.
0: Yes. Oh, man. And then it's the letter Q as well. So it's like, you know.
1: Right. Man. I literally didn't think of that, but I'm going to take credit for it.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. W hmm, seven. We have a latest gadget. It's a poison dog. From your wrist, hand crossbow.
1: It looks like glasses, but it's actually, in fact, a poison spray. Exactly that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This almost sounds like uh, Quando, maybe in his previous job, maybe maybe it was an artificer. if if you were to convert him into like a into a class character. for sure, yeah. yeah, like an artificer. So he just makes all these weird, uh, interesting magic gadgets and stuff. That's pretty, yeah. Cool. Like
1: if if you, dear listener, put Quando into your game and and they're an NPC, the party brings with him. Spec them as an artificer. They could make cool cool stuff for the party as they go along.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then let's see. The next category we get to roll for is age. So this is where it could swing wildly. But you get to roll. Ooh, this D. could be
1: interesting. Okay.
0: And we can keep the roll or if you have an idea of like what you think the appropriate age of this character is, then you can say that too.
1: I think the cool thing about NPCs and making them like the way that we're doing right now is that um, I think just like in d d you should go with the dice and figure out how what you're doing works with the dice roll. So okay. he could be 12 and we'll work it out. Okay. A six.
0: Elder. Okay, so it kind of fits in like with the Pierce Brosnan sort of age of Q that I'm most definitely familiar with. So, sure. The elderly orc who just, oh, he putters around and he makes things in his shop, but little do they know. The kids love
1: the little toys and like mechanical things he makes, but uh, every single one is a bomb. Like, (laughs) yeah.
0: Oh, oh boy.
1: That got dark fast, right?
0: Yep. (laughs) All right, and now that we've had an opportunity uh, to kind of roll some dice and uh, get those sorts of things figured out, now we get to take a break and we get to consider uh, the physical appearance. So now that we know these few bits of information, describe the physical appearance of Quando, the Tinkerer orc.
1: I think Quando, I I, I like the idea of of giving orcs more... Morphe, I think a lot of people tend to put them in boxes. So, like, I play Half Orc in another campaign. Who was was a, a large kind of auburn beard and mohawk. Um, so, I like the idea of, of orcs having like facial hair. So, I think if he's older, m- he probably has like a long, somewhat wispy beard. Maybe that he uh, maybe that he like knots with small, you know, um, beads or, or kind of like like just, you know maybe trinkets that maybe even came from stuff he built, like brass or copper. Mm. Um, so he's got this kind of like full but uh, you know very almost dwarvish kind of uh, braided beard. Okay but but also very distinctly goblin or uh, sorry not goblin very distinctly orc mm. um so the, the tusks are, are very prominent and uh but but i think that's probably the main thing he probably you know what give him a hat too i think it's fun to just give characters random hats so he probably just has a hat that like the people around his village or whatever they see in the distance they're like oh that's Kwando. it's like a big sun hat kind of thing <laughs> yeah like a big leather sun hat kind of deal and, and the braided beard
0: okay and, and then just kind of like normal, everyday work clothes and stuff like that? or
1: Yeah, I like to think he's probably fashioned like like an, an apron of many pockets or an apron of holding kind of thing that, that looks, you know, it's got a bunch of pockets, but he kind of reaches into it and can get whatever he needs, like a tool or, or another, you know, item that might be useful. Um, so that's probably the other very distinctive thing that he wears is this kind of big waxed leather apron.
0: Cool. And if we had to pick three adjectives to describe Kwando, what three adjectives would you use?
1: Clever, maybe not sharp, but very perceptive. Like he like he notices, uh, he notices things. So so yeah, just uh...
0: he's got an eye for the details
1: yeah and i think mirthful i I think that in in this world we imagine he's been out of what he's been doing for quite some time maybe and so he's grown to just enjoy and appreciate the people around him and bringing joy to them brings joy to him so mirthful he's very mirthful
0: awesome okay now we get to go back to rolling dice your favorite thing and the next thing we get to determine is what's a valuable item a piece of lore a secret or some ideal or concept uh, that Quando would ascribe to. So it's a combo roll of a D4 for the category, and then you roll a D6, and that'll determine the specific thing.
1: Okay, let snag a D4. That is a 1.
0: Okay, so it's an item, so we're working with a valuable item, and then a D6 to determine which of the choices it'll be.
1: And a 2.
0: 2. Okay, so the valuable item that Quando has is a copper chalice. He just has a really nice copper chalice.
1: Mm -hmm. Do we get to talk about why he has a copper chalice?
0: Go for it. Why do you think he values this uh, copper chalice over uh, anything else?
1: I mean, I, th- I think you could go, here here's what we're going to do, listener, should you put Quando in your game? Let the Copper Chalice be, be your moment of inspiration. Does he have it because he stole it um, from his previous uh, employers? Uh, perhaps maybe it is a treasure from uh, the one time he went into the field and maybe he, you know, got it from some sort of heist. Is it the remaining thing that reminds him of a, of a lost love? Um, or perhaps it's a family heirloom. I, I mean, I, I, th- I feel like any of those actually give you a fun little hook for the character but let's say that uh for our quando your quando can be whatever you want but for our quando let's say it's a family heirloom that was the only thing he could take with him when he left whatever organization he was working for Mm. maybe he had to fake his own death or something but that was one thing that he took from the house as a burned or something like that and uh it's something that's been passed down from his family
0: cool I like it. That's very cool. And then the last thing that we get to roll dice for is the side quest that Quando is willing to offer our player characters to recruit them to go and do. Okay. So this is the D12. Ooh, roll.
1: the D12. Not often used. I'm going to warm it up.
0: I know. Well, th- with this show, we wanted to make sure that we used That's all good the of dice. You.
1: That's good. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs>
1: A five.
0: Okay, uh, I'll read it. You tell me if you think this is a good okay. idea, because some of these choices have definitely been hanging around since the inception of the <laughs> sure. show, but this one says, plot a path slash course through a dark forest to the next town. Is that something that is reasonable for Quando to be able to offer up based on what we know about him? Or... Do you want to re-roll again and see about another choice or are you inspired at this point to just kind of Well,
1: what if we take own? that as our launching point and like build off of it right so so not just what if it's not just a dark forest um that people are like oh there's a creepy forest and we built our town next to it what if some sort of inexplicable thing has made passing through that forest difficult and Kwando has been trying you know through his uh, artificing and tinkering to come up with something um, that will light the way for travelers in this but it's a magical darkness right so no matter what what oh, they take in there okay. it always gets snuffed out and he cannot find a way to uh, let the villagers go through there maybe, maybe they need to get you know goods or something from the other town maybe there's something he needs for his work that you can make up but let's imagine okay. a magical darkness has descended on this forest forest and no one is able to safely go through because there's a monster or something there's always monster um so something like that so he needs the adventurers to find a way to pierce the magical darkness um and to retrieve item of your choice from the other town but it's the it's the getting through the magical darkness that i think will be the challenge for the uh for the adventurers and defeating a monster inside should you want that
0: right and then thereby plotting a safe path or course through the forest then to be able to get back and forth exactly okay cool all right Uh, So now we have to consider what is going to be the reward for the heroes uh, should they succeed in piercing the magical darkness, vanquishing whatever evil, and being able to plot the course safely through the forest to the next town.
1: Well, I think with Quanah being a tinkerer, an artificer, it has to be some sort of cool gadget or upgrade to gear. Um, upgrading gear is fun, but I think that I think players get more excited when you give them something new with funky features. Um, so I, I think that's it. Maybe he's been working on a cool weapon or magic item um, that's unique. A shout out to uh, Griffin Saddlebag. Go Go check them out. They make fantastic magic items. Maybe it's a Griffin Saddlebag item something that's got yeah. some cool features that the players might not find otherwise. Or
0: are you inspired by James Bond? Like Ooh. in my head, I got, oh, for some good. reason, I got an idea of like a, a wrist mounted hand crossbow grappling hook thing that you could just kind of point up and
1: a scratch, sh- a scratch everything I just said, because we're going to go with the grappling hook idea. <laughs> uh, spec that however you want. Well, I'll leave that to people who are better at items than me, but grappling hook that can both do an attack and like transport you, I don't know, a hundred feet or whatever it might be like in a direction where pull an item towards you that's pretty interesting
0: ah grappling i, I like it because yeah.
1: one of my favorite items in all of DD is the immovable rod because it is an item that on the surface makes no sense and is only becomes as valuable as your player's imagination and so give them an item uh, that's so great the wrist mounted grappling hook crossbow thing give them an item that will inspire them to use it in ways you're not expecting so yes that is what he will make them should they uh should they <laughs> open up this path <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, this sounds great. Love it. But now, unfortunately, we have to consider uh, the other consequences. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to the adventure? How is Kwando going to react?
1: So, so I do think there needs to be something at stake, right? And so maybe the reason he needs to get through is he probably needs something for a thing he's working on to protect the village. Maybe the village has a problem that he could address if he only had crystals or, or something from this other village. Maybe the other village is a mining town and he needs silver or mithril mm-hmm. to defend against werewolves or, or something like that. You can make that part up. But there's yeah. a threat that is ambiguous enough that the players can't just go and fight it. Because if you just say, well, there's a dragon and I need to kill it, they'll go fight the dragon. But some sort of thing that he's like, um, maybe there is a maybe there's an artifact in the town, a clockwork artifact that has run for a millennia and it's breaking down and he needs the pieces to fix it. He needs a crystal to power the whatever. And the only place to get it is from the from the mining town where they get that. If he doesn't get that gem, then it will break down. And, and at that point, have fun. It opens a hell gate and demons spawn out or something. I don't know. But the town will be in peril. So I, I think I think that's kind of the the approach I would take on it.
0: Okay, and regardless of whether they fail in their attempt to get... Well, I suppose in trying to get through the forest, they fail that way. They're just going to get wiped out in the forest, and then...
1: Then you roll new characters into a village that just had a portal to the seven hells open up, and that's that's how you start the next adventure.
0: Yep, okay, all right, fair enough. If you are so inspired, there are further optional questions that we can go over, or if you feel satisfied...
1: I'm going to make that dealer's choice. How do you feel? Do we need to flesh it out more? Well, I'm looking at the questions real quick. Um, I think some of these we've touched about goals and motivations. He wants to, uh, Then we'll speed round it. I will read them and, and give answers. Uh- <laughs> this is look at me this is my podcast now uh what are the goals and motivations of your character i i think uh, he wants to protect people around him and he wants to bring joy to others and that's why he wants to fix this artifact that has protected the town or has maintained a, a you know the portal shut because someone built a town on a hell portal as they do mm-hmm. um how do they normally interact with with people around them i i think that he is very friendly and amicable and very probably uh deferential i think you know like oh the mayor of the town wants a thing of course like like i'll do that he is i think very happy Happy to live a more simple life uh you know and, and isn't like picky about who gets to benefit from his stuff as long as it, it brings him joy not in an evil way not if somebody's like well i need a triple axe whatever a triple axe is but like but like you know if the, if the mayor is having trouble with uh with something and he needs a thing to make his life easier quantum makes it he's not worried that the mayor is you know a mean dude um he just wants to help people particular accent or language we're gonna make that we're gonna make that player choice whatever you want him them to sound like not gonna put that onus on you to do an australian accent though you could
0: a, d- a very different yeah cue. good eye, might i'm kidding. That,
1: that's not a knife this is a knife right um exactly and it's a it's a chainsaw And then what impact has he made on the world? I think clearly he has made his world a better place. He's introduced things that can make people's lives easier, but in daily ways, like automated butter churning or a a fence that opens and closes automatically to let the pigs in and out. Like he's not, he's not here trying to bring flying ships to a town. He just wants to make people's everyday lives a little bit easier. In fact, I would say when travelers come into this town, they're probably shocked at the weird amount of automation in this town that people take for granted, but it's not quite like a gnome city, like, oh, everything is like, you know, steam. Punky, is just like, oh, weird, the, the door opens and closes and like just little sensible things. Um, I think that is what he's brought to the world around him.
0: And then is there any current problem that prevents him from being a bigger player on the stage? Is it his past? Is it his age? Is it a combination of both?
1: It's stereotypical, but I think it's that not wanting to bring attention from his. He's moved on from that. And though he knows whatever organization he came from is still at large, he doesn't want to bring that attention onto the small town. He's very content to be within the borders of where he is and not be concerned about the politics of the world at large. So um, it's not so much things that prevent him. It's his own choice to keep his focus narrow and protect those
0: around him. Okay, then. Well I think quando 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 for a random encounter. Let's do it. Alright. And of course, uh, following the sage advice from Andrew, this random encounter is sponsored by Reaper Miniatures. They're here in my backyard in the uh, DFW area. They make fantastic miniatures and paints and gaming accessories. They do a lot and it's super cool. Um, I know slowly uh, with things opening up, uh, you can go visit their warehouse. You can go visit their factory and their game store. Uh, You can get a tour there if you contact them ahead of time. My wife and I did that uh, MLK weekend 2020, and it was awesome. And that's how we learned about all this great stuff uh, that Reaper Miniatures does. Not to mention they give you reject uh, mini pieces too, so you can slowly add to your collection as well. So you can you too can have uh, some of these uh, spiders with seven legs instead of eight legs, and and have a really interesting story as to why they have seven legs. Yeah, so they're they're really great. Uh, you know you can go online and shop with them, search the whole SKU catalog that goes oh probably all the way back to 1990 and um, you know when you go through my website to their website using the affiliate link you know it tracks the traffic and then it's able to uh, you know build that affiliate relationship. I'm sure that goes into contributing to helping you save on your purchase. If you spend at least $40 on your order uh, they give you a a mini of the month and you know that comes free. I think limited one time per purchase at a time. You know you'll read the fine print on Reaper Miniatures but they're super cool. I know they recently gave me at the time of this recording, a $50 gift certificate. So that affiliate stuff is really paying off. And so I want to keep seeing that relationship grow. So, you know, go to my website, get that link. Go check out Reaper Miniatures. Thank you, Reaper Miniatures. Cool. Okay, now all that business. I will say,
1: big, big Reaper fan. Big Reaper fan. We do a lot with Reaper at Dwarven Forge. I did not realize they were so close. So, like, I am going to go look how I can go check out. Yeah, they're in. Oh, seriously. Okay, so day trip So go see Reaper minis.
0: Okay, day trip. You can hit a Bucky's and you can go to. That's a double win. Double win, and you have to be from Texas to know and appreciate that. Well, since uh, we've learned about Quando and kind of what sort of character he is, I think based on the cast of characters that I have, and uh, again, going back into my memory recesses and finding out where we last left our heroes, I think maybe Duncan needs to make an appearance and meet Quando in his town. I dig it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, bring yeah? it on.
0: Okay. So... Duncan, having finished his last adventure at the university with a certain Thrykreen prodigy artificer, uh, is walking for some time. Feels like it's been about a year since, you know, he's had an adventure, probably spending some of that much earned gold, uh, that he's gotten, uh, when he finally comes across this, uh, interesting hamlet on his, uh, on his journeys, he's heard from, uh, doing his, uh, his history check and remembering his lore that uh, there's a very interesting clockwork sort of device built on this town. No one really knows the reason why it was built by the ancient empire, but it's a handy feature of the town. And, uh, and Duncan's quite surprised that he, he seems to think that the clockwork uh, features have expanded to the rest of the town. Cause he goes around and he sees uh, this, this uh, butter churner that seems to be doing its own work. He sees uh, doors and gates and windows opening and closing by themselves. He can see little children uh, running around with uh, like a pipe organ automaton uh, with a little mechanical monkey that's dancing around. And he's just kind of like overwhelmed by all this stuff. And he he tries to follow like maybe the course of where it's all all coming from. And he can see this tiny, tiny little shop nestled in like a, a discreet corner of the hamlet. And as he begins to approach this uh, shop... What does he see on the outside of it?
1: it? It's probably a weird combination of like mess and order. Um, like you, you can see that much of the workspace outside the shop is is clearly uh, whoever lives here and works here likes to work outside. There are uh, makeshift pegboards on all the walls with the little tools and hooks and little bins that are clearly very well organized with different pieces, you know, like screws and bolts and uh, pins and and wheels and whatnot. And all of those are on the outside with work tables that at first glance might look messy, but as he approaches, he probably sees there's a very clear order to how everything is set out, almost as as if things are uh, mid-assembly as he approaches.
0: And then as uh, Duncan finishes walking up, he'll go, uh, Hello? Hello? Is there a proprietor of this shop that I might browse your wares?
1: And uh, then coming out of the front door and kind of sweeping a, a hat off the peg right by the door and putting it on his head is is an is an older orc with a with a white beard, um, a dark greenish complexion, uh, you know, very polished looking tusks, um, and and this beard kind of has little bolts kind of uh, tied in it along with flowers and, and things that that seem perhaps like children have have brought and perhaps a uh, you know you know put into this this really kind of crazy wizen beard. Uh, uh, hello there, welcome to this town. Uh, uh, my name's Kwando. How can I help you?
0: Oh, hello. Nice to meet your acquaintance, Quando. Uh, at first, Duncan's a little startled, because historically in his past, he's had to fight orcs, but uh, he's immediately caught off guard, and he's like, you know, he can easily relax, and he knows that he's not in any danger, which is nice. And he looks around and marvels at the town And, and while he's uh, gesturing and talking with Kwando and he says, well, my name is uh, Duncan. I'm an adventurer for hire. I wander." these lands to and fro and uh i'm i'm impressed with this town i haven't come across this hamlet before and it seems very whimsical almost like the feywild which i have been to before
1: well, that's a that's a mighty fine compliment nothing uh nothing of the fey going on here for sure uh, but here at a uh, fiat shire we do uh we do appreciate a bit of uh that which makes life a bit easier and it, it does come from as you see these humble workshops and these humble hands, uh, just a maker, not a fighter, don't worry, you don't have to reach for that sword there.
0: Oh, oh, and then, uh, Duncan's a little sheepishly embarrassed at that line, but he'll relax and say, well, that's, uh, that's mighty impressive, but, uh, I gotta say, um, when I was walking through the town, I noticed, I mean, I'd, I'd heard tale about this strange arcane machine from the past, but, it seems to be making a weird clicking sound. Is that, is that normal? Is that what that's supposed to do?
1: Uh, you, you're talking about the uh, the clock, as people call it, or the uh, the Guthari um, would be its proper name, though. They don't know that. Uh, yeah, clicking noise. It started not too long ago. You notice the gears are supposed to turn constantly, uh, keep it going. Uh, mm. The very main gear at the top is meant to spin. Uh, it does appear to keep a, uh, a bit of a portal, or a space locked deep beneath and i uh, I'm not quite sure where it goes but I'm a little concerned about what might happen if it uh if it ever stops and it's all click click clicking and it started slow mm-hmm. and now it starts faster and I'm uh you know I'm not I'm not an expert and he kind of shrugs very very like like I'm not an expert but then he kind of gestures around him and he very clearly is <laughs> um but uh I I I I we only have a a 310 day at this point before uh things grind to a halt and we're not too keen on what might happen when that takes place
0: and duncan kind of like looks around at the town and so he sees like this juxtaposition of like all these people that are happy and blissfully unaware and of course duncan has has seen all sorts of things in his travels and his adventures and so he'll he'll turn back to quando like very seriously and he says well well, good sir you know i i will take on any task or mission set before me uh no 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 quest too big no feet too small uh so if there's something i can do to help help you then then tell me what i must do
1: well the first task is you can't tell anyone about what's going on they're uh they're kind folk they're simple folk. they live simple lives i, I do what i can to help them have a, a bit of a nicer uh, time and uh, more helpful but uh if they if they were to know that hell spawn we're about to come and kind of- they wouldn't know that hellspawn were about to come. So he lowers his voice. I, I'm not sure what they do. In fact, I've been thinking about telling him so that they might clear the town out. But I've been I've been trying to work on this. And he uh, he ushers you inside his shop. And as as you walk in, it's very much um a more refined reflection of what you see outside. It's very tight, very orderly. Not a speck of dust inside. Everything is polished copper and bronze. Uh, you know, oiled leather handles on, on tools and whatnot. Um, clearly the space he doesn't bring too many people into. Uh, and, and as he takes you around a corner, he kind of uncovers this piece at the back that is a very intricate, very similar looking to the clock you saw, the clockwork piece in the middle of the town. Um, with uh, it, It's moving. It's got arms kind of spinning around and, and pieces kind of whirring around, almost as if by magic, some connected, some not. Uh, it's very... Uh, it, I don't know what all Duncan's seen, but he's probably still struck by this.
0: Whoa, impressive. Yeah, yeah but there's
1: supposed to be a uh, a crystal of power right there. And uh, once upon a time, many years ago, hundreds, hundreds of years ago, in fact, there was a mine not too far on the other side of the uh, the Western Forest where these could be mined. And I've uh, I'm ashamed to admit I've asked several adventurers to go and see if they can't collect a crystal and bring it back to power this to stabilize the clock, keep the portal closed, none of them have come back. And Oh no. Well the Western Forest is known for uh impenetrable darkness.
0: Duncan uh tries to roll an arcana check and uh and think about this magical uh or impenetrable darkness and will say that he he his role is like uncertain. So he's just kind of like I've heard tell of this, but I've I i do not know if I've actually experienced it myself so no amount of light can penetrate this darkness
1: that's uh that's what they say that's what my tests have shown uh, no one's been able to, no torch no candle no magical light and he kind of holds up a, another small crystal that glows he's like even this beauty here doesn't do nothing when it comes near that forest now the grandfather's grandfathers will tell you that many ages ago uh, a great black dragon came and made its home in that forest and that's when the darkness came i'm not taken for quite such fancies but uh you have to wonder, after all this time, all my experiments, why, uh, why the darkness won't go away. So, I think we're dealing with a twofold problem here, and that's before you even get to the
0: mine. Yes, yes, I agree. Okay, so certainly, if we're working with a dragon, uh, that's heavy duty. I just duty. very
1: unexpectedly upped the stakes on you. I didn't even run that by you, but there's a dragon now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, I. I certainly have accumulated some favors over time. I know they've they've come through a time or two, and um, hopefully I can get them here quickly. And uh, perhaps we can traverse through this forest and find the source of this darkness, ex- extinguish the darkness, and then hopefully get to the the town on the other side. Is the is the town on the other side all right, or is it, or has no one been able to find out because of no one being able to get through, or do you have to take the long way around?
1: well from uh what i understand the uh the town itself has been abandoned for uh for many years uh generations even it's more the mine there that's abandoned where they used to farm these crystals and i think there might still be some down deep enough if you go far enough beneath the surface you might still be able to find one so it's less about the town more about the mine you know
0: all right well it seems like i've got quite the the mission set before me uh, i feel like i've taken enough time off and Perhaps I need to, uh, stretch my muscles out, uh, oil my sword and, uh, get ready for battle.
1: I, uh, I'd recommend finding some friends to go with you, but I mean, uh, you're a strong lad, stronger than me, and he kind of grins, but you also see he's, he's surprisingly fit for an aged orc. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what, you seem like the nice sort, and, uh, you could, uh, he's kind of looking at you. You could always use a little bit of special gear, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, I I would say so, and, um, I think a certain our corn empowered me with the ability to fly, so perhaps maybe that'll take me through the forest most of the way.
1: Impressive. I <laughs> am I haven't actually tried flying. That might just circumvent the whole issue, and we need to come up with a reason why that wouldn't actually work, so that's a, that's a clever idea.
0: Well, especially if there's a dragon garden in it, I might not be able to get very in, far.
1: In, indeed, it is a long and deep forest. But uh I tell you what, he kind of motions over and keeps walking Um out of the workshop more to what looks like his living quarters in this building. He's like, uh... I don't have much use for this anymore, and it might be useful for you. And he opens a drawer, and kind of somewhat covered with dust. He pulls this this uh, thing out—a contraption of of bronze and copper and uh, leather—and um, he and he kind of puts it on his his arm, and with an old, kind of familiar feel, you can tell he's done this before. Straps it on; the the buckles are worn, clearly from use. Um, straps it on, and kind of, you know, blows it off. He's like, I think you might find some use for this. And he uh, he's like, Follow me outside. You lead him outside, he's like, sure, you can fly, but can you fly like this? And he goes, and points at a tree, and faster probably than speed of flight, like, it, like pulls him over to the tree, and he kind of waves and nods, and then same thing back at a rock next to you, and it just, you see a barb sticking to the rock, and he swoops back down. Pretty handy, yeah?
0: Whoa! That is amazing!
1: It's, uh, well, you know, it's, it's something, but, uh, can't say I have much use for it Uh, in the many past years, so, uh. You get through the darkness. You, uh, dragon to no? Dragon's a, dragon's a bonus, quite frankly. I don't even know if the dragon's there. But, uh, you bring me back a crystal within the next 310 day to, uh, help with this issue we got here inside. And, uh, and it's yours. And he kind of looks at it fondly and starts to take it off.
0: My friend, Kwando, you have a deal. And, uh, Duncan, without even a moment's further hesitation, will just charge straight into the forest.
1: Well, uh and he's kind of talking to the to the the wrist rocket whatever it is now he's like well it looks like i we'll get to keep you for uh for a bit longer than yeah <laughs> because that's not going to work
0: and see well i think you will find that uh the duncan is uh pretty resourceful you one might say he has a bit of plot armor god bless plot armor all right well we made it through the random encounter that was that was great that was was amazing what did you uh what did you think of that
1: every just that or can i talk about the whole episode
0: yeah well we're starting to get into final everything
1: has exceeded expectations that's so much fun as someone who is like trying to be more of a dm and who feels overwhelmed sometimes with the idea of making characters and um you know generating fun engaging content like like, that's super fun. It, like, when you make it playful, when you when you take away some of the logistical stuff, like, how old is he? Like, what's some background? And then you just build around it. It's kind of like you have some lines to color inside of, and then you can color whatever you want. So that was super fun. Thank you.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear, you know, from one of the premier indie successful D&D podcasters. That, that means I don't a know lot
1: about all that, but thank you.
0: Well, yeah, so like I said, we're in final thoughts. So uh, I'm glad to hear that you had a positive experience. Hopefully you'll be able to come back again before January 2025 again for another episode. I feel
1: like we could fit like four or five in before that at this point, so for sure. yeah. And uh, 100%, I've been planning a campaign uh, to DM for my first time in four or five years, and now uh, Quando is definitely gonna be in that game.
0: Well, I hope to hear about Quando on our social medias, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, or Reddit. Probably Reddit, you could do a real DM deep dive on him. So if you haven't been incentivized to follow us on social media now, hopefully now is your moment of inspiration to do so. I like to end the show uh, by giving the platform to my guest and ask if you've got something to plug, which I know you do spoiler alert, or if there's any causes that you're passionate about or anything like that, the platform's yours. Go ahead and let us know.
1: Um, Oh, well, and so you opened it to causes I'm passionate about. That's dangerous. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just leave that one and move on to, to cool things. Um, yeah, please, uh, if you're interested or, or you enjoy hearing me talk, I guess, uh, come check out my show, Roll for Persuasion. Go to rollpersuasion.com to see all the episodes, grab some merch, uh, see cool stuff we have going on. Date is not set, but probably in October. October is the two year anniversary of Roll for Persuasion. And last year, for our one year anniversary, I invited all of my guests from the prior year to come and join a massive zoom call uh with no plan i was like we're just gonna stream it and see what happens and we did and uh kurt showed up and it was a great time we had some really cool people there um who all showed up on jolly Bimani, uh, ed greenwood oh my goodness travis frederick travis, popped travis frederick popped in uh super cool people were there um i'm hoping even more cool people will continue KP. joyous yeah yes super just fantastic people like i i'm so privileged i get to chat with awesome people so that will be coming up so keep an eye follow me on twitter at roll persuasion and i will announce when that's coming up, probably mid to late October. We'll see. But around that time, it should be fun. We might add some fun giveaways from uh different companies I've worked with, and, and so there should be fun stuff for you, and you'll get to see cool people. So come check that out. Otherwise, check out a uh, second star to the right every other Friday on twitch.tv slash second star show or follow us second star show on Twitter and Instagram. Um, every other week we keep episodes to about two hours. Spoiler alert, we just fought uh Captain Hook and that was super duper fun. So if you like your old school Peter Pan lore, it's a pretty fun time with me as some they're great people in the community and i would appreciate it if you checked us out
0: awesome well compadre fellow texan it was been it's been an honor uh to have you on the show and uh let's let's keep this thing going you know maybe back and forth yeah yeah
1: yeah I, this was this was super fun uh and, and anytime i can uh, find time to take a break and make another npc with you i am down
0: thank you for listening to this episode of sidekicks and side quests Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or, feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for side k q podcast i would love to talk D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our npcs discussions and commentary if you would like to hail the bod send an email to sidekicks at gmail.com to help this show be the resource it's meant to be i ask that you please leave a review on itunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portion of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, four. Psychics and psycho